hello and welcome to another episode of Muslims Want to Know, the show where I try to answer the questions you have about the Bible and Christianity. I'm your host, Rev. Eric Mason. Before we get to our question today, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. The more reviews the podcast receives, the more it comes up as a recommendation for others. And the more it comes up as a recommendation, the more other folks get a chance to hear answers to their thoughtful questions. And speaking of questions, if you have a question you'd like answered on a future podcast, or if you'd like to read transcripts of the episodes, or if you want to learn more by taking online courses, or if you want to support this podcast, please visit us today at www.muslimswanttoknow.com. As always, each podcast builds on the information from the previous ones. So if you're joining us for the first time, I recommend going back and listening to the previous episodes before resuming this one. Here is our recap. In our last episode, I answered the question, What do Christians believe about God? In that episode, we learned that the one triune God is the creator, the life giver, and the one through whom all things were created. His name is I Am. He is the sheer act of to be. God is all-knowing, all-powerful, eternal, and holy. God is love. We also learned that who God is directly relates to what God is like. Christians believe God is compassionate, merciful, gracious, just, and righteous. And these are all attributes extending from God's love, which are experienced by humanity. Now, if we want to truly know who God is, we must look to the incarnation, life, death, and resurrection of Lord Jesus. Christians believe the entire Old Testament points to Lord Jesus. The Gospels reveals God to us in and through Lord Jesus, and the rest of the New Testament teaches us who God is by examining all of Scripture as it relates to Lord Jesus. Most importantly, you and I learned that in humanity's relationship with God, it is always God who makes the first move toward us. Our perceived pursuit of God through the sincere praise, worship, and glorification of Him, is always a result of our response to God's pursuit of us. Over the coming weeks, we are taking a deeper dive into the core beliefs of Christianity. These topics, along with a few other questions, will round out the current year and prepare us for the next iteration of Muslims Want to Know as we move into 2023. Last week I answered the question, what do Christians believe about God? In that episode, we learned, once again, that our own pursuit of God is, first and foremost, a direct result of God's pursuit of us. The questions that automatically arise from this are, What makes humanity so special to God that he lavishes his love, graciousness, mercy, justice, and righteousness on us? These are just some of the questions we are exploring today as we look at the main question, which is, 
What do Christians believe about man? Now, when I talk about man in the sense that we're talking about it today, please keep in mind that I'm talking about humanity or mankind. And before we get into our episode today, I also want to remind you that this episode is not going to be an exhaustive exploration of Christian beliefs about humanity. But, like the last episode, I will do my best to cover the basics. And before we look at the answers to our question for today, let me open our time with a brief prayer. God, Open the eyes of our hearts that we may hear your words and understand and do your will, for we are sojourners upon the earth. Do not hide your commandments from us, but open our eyes that we may perceive the wonders of your law. Speak to us the hidden and secret things of your wisdom. Enlighten our minds and understanding with the light of your knowledge, not just to cherish those things written, but to seek after you by doing them. Amen. So, what do Christians believe about man? Well, there's not really an easy answer to this, but for the sake of our time today, I'm going to divide this podcast into three different sections. Section 1. The Uniqueness of Our Creation Section 2. The Uniqueness of Our Nature and Vocation Section 3 Our Unique Design as it Relates to God Becoming One of Us Section 1 The Uniqueness of Our Creation The creation story found at the beginning of the book of Genesis talks very briefly and generally about the creation of the animals. None of these animals are described in terms of their relation to God's very nature. That is, of course, until it comes to the description of God's creation of man. According to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26-31, through 31, at the pinnacle of creation, the triune God says, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them, male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth, and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you, for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, 
and for every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath of life in it. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth day. Christians refer to the statement of God's creation of man as the imago dei, which is Latin for the image of God. Now, make no mistake, God does not stand upright with arms and legs. That is not what being made in the image of God means. To be made in the image of God means we were uniquely created in the likeness of the triune God. This is one of the reasons why God says, Let us make man in our image. The triune God eternally exists in perfect communion and community between the three persons of the one God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit eternally express love toward, between, and with each other. After creation, this love is also expressed toward creation and especially toward mankind. God's love is inward in reflection as much as it is outward in expression. In the same way, humanity is given a unique nature which has the capability to freely express love toward God, toward each other, and toward creation. Like God, our love is inward in reflection and outward in expression. In this way, love is like breath, which we think of as inhaling and exhaling. And that is what makes the next part of the story so beautiful. Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. These are the records of the heavens and the earth concerning their creation. At the time that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, no shrub of the field had yet grown on the land, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted, for the Lord God had not made it rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. But mist would come up from the earth and water all the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. God made us in his image, capable of communion and community, and capable of inward reflection and outward expression. But not only did God make us in his image, he formed us from the dust of the earth and breathed life into the first man. God's very breath is what animated Adam and this suggests a face-to-face -face encounter, a loving and intimate encounter between Adam and his Creator. Section 2. The Uniqueness of Our Nature and Vocation 
Christians believe Adam was made from the dust of the earth and had life breathed into him by God. We believe Adam was placed in the Garden of Eden on earth and that he was tasked with the stewardship of that garden. He named the plants and animals in the garden and his perfect offering of his services in accomplishing these things was an act of worship to God. Genesis chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 and 15 through 17. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he placed the man he had formed. The Lord God caused to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, as well as the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Throughout the story of creation, we are repeatedly told how God oversaw each day of creation. And according to the Bible, each day subsequently ends with God saying, and it was good. The first day God created light, and God saw the light was good. The second day God separated the heavens and the waters, and God saw that it was good. On the third day God created the various vegetation and plants, and again God saw that it was good, and so on and so forth. But something new and unexpected happened when God created Adam. Instead of saying, and God saw, and it was good, God instead said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. The Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal and every bird of the sky and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky and to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found corresponding to him. Again, this is the first moment we have where something is not good in the creation story. And as revealed by God, the reason things were not good was because Adam lacked a helper. He lacked someone with whom to share in worship of God. He lacked someone with whom to share life together. He lacked someone with whom to receive love and someone to express that love back, someone who was his equal. According to the New American Commentary on Genesis, God has created human life to have fellowship with him, but also to be a social entity, 
building relationships with other human beings. Man will not live until he loves, giving himself away to another on his own level. Now, despite this not-good situation, God had a plan. He would take his beloved creation and build a woman from the man. She was created from his rib. And it's fitting that she was created from his side and not a greater or lesser body part. This reveals that Eve is equal in worth, substance, and value as Adam. She was created to share stewardship over the garden with Adam. And like Adam, she was created to receive love and express love toward God, man, and creation. She was created to be a special helper to Adam. Fun fact. The word helper, which is associated with the first woman, Eve, is an interesting word. In the original Hebrew, she is called Adam's Ezer. According to the New American Commentary on Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 11, verse 26, the term means help in the sense of aid and support and is used of the Lord's aiding his people in the face of enemies. Although Eve's role is different than Adam's, there is no indication that she is a lesser person because her subsequent gender and roles are different. In a sense, Adam is not complete without Eve, and vice versa. In one of the most beautiful moments in human history, Adam gazed on his perfect helper, fell instantly in love with her, and named her after his own image. Genesis chapter 2 Verses 21 through 25. So the Lord God caused deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, This one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. Both the man and his wife were naked, yet felt no shame. The first man and woman were Adam and Eve. They were not like the angels, who are immortal spirits, but lack bodies. And Adam and Eve were also not like the animals, which have bodies but lack immortal souls. Adam and Eve were beings created with immortal bodies and souls, designed to receive love from God and image that love back to Him in worship. They were designed for communion and community with the triune God and with each other. Before the fall of mankind... Adam and Eve existed in a pristine condition, in a pristine world. And their job was to steward the world as God's ambassadors. Section 3 
our unique design as it relates to God becoming one of us. Humanity's unique design in relation to our creation, nature, and vocation were purposeful in that they would one day reveal God's love for humanity through the incarnation of the Son of God. God formed us in His image and likeness. Our ability to receive and express love and community is a direct result of the internal and perfect communion and community of the Trinity as expressed in and through each of us. Of all the animals, only humans were special enough to be created through an intimate act of God. After fashioning Adam out of the dust of the earth, God faced Adam and breathed life into him. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit face each other figuratively throughout all time. In like manner, we, humans, were brought into this world facing God. God the Father and God the Son express and share love between them. This love, which has been likened to a sigh or breath of love shared between the Father and Son, is the Holy Spirit. In like manner, we were brought into this world, receiving the loving breath of God and expressing that love back toward God. Like God, who is the perfect and great steward over all things, humanity was given the kingdom of earth to steward. Each of these areas, our uniqueness of creation, our uniqueness of nature, and also the uniqueness of our vocation, are echoes of the triune nature of God and imbued in us for a specific purpose. This purpose was salvific in nature. Our purposeful design would be that which led us to fall and fail. And yet, at the same time, would be the very design which would eventually redeem and glorify us. God knew that one day we would fall. He also knew that this failure of humanity could not be undone without His intervention and His own sacrifice. One day, He would have to enter time and space by becoming one of us. Before time began, God the Son accepted His role in the salvation of humanity. Being sent by the Father, he freely accepted the limitations of humanity as he entered into space and time. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-7 through 7. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant taking on the likeness of humanity. This act of Lord Jesus is known as kenosis. According to the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary, kenosis is the view asserting that the eternal Son of God, by virtue of the Incarnation, 
gave up some or all of the divine attributes which were incommensurate with a fully human existence. God created humanity, knowing that he would send the Son of God to become one of us. God the Son knew that by doing so, he would be giving up his former glory in order to participate in the salvific history of humanity. This work could only be done by entering time and space in the likeness of a man. Being born as one of us, he entered into our full experience in order to redeem and glorify that which was once fallen. As one who was fully God, fully man, the Son would then offer himself as a once-for-all sacrifice for all of mankind, undoing the original work of Satan, undoing sin and death, and giving hope once for all to humanity. So, what do Christians believe about man? The answer is actually found in God himself. God truly loves us. Our very lives depend on the fact that he knew his intimate creation would one day break his heart. Yet he still chose to create Adam all those years ago. He did that despite knowing that one day his son would take a punishment the rest of us deserved in order to save all of humanity. He did that because he knew one day, as a result of that sacrifice, his boundaryless kingdom would span the entire world as more family members are added to it. God's history with us is a love story that teaches us how far God would go to rescue the least of us. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining me. I hope and pray that as you continue to seek God, you ask for visions and clarity on all these Christian claims. And if you'd like some great resources on the material I covered today, I recommend taking a look at the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary, the New American Commentary on the Book of Genesis, chapters 1 through chapter 11, verse 26, and the CSB Study Bible. As always, the Bible translation I use is the CSB translation. And that sound means it's about time to wrap up. Before we close our time together, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. The more reviews the podcast receives, the more it comes up as a recommendation for others. And the more it comes up as a recommendation, the more other folks get a chance to hear answers to their thoughtful questions. And speaking of questions, if you have a question you'd like answered on a future podcast, or if you'd like to read transcripts of the episodes, or if you want to learn more by taking online courses, or if you want to support this podcast, please visit us today at www.muslimswanttoknow.com. Well, from my home recording studio in the Little India neighborhood in Chicago, Illinois, to wherever you're listening, I want to say thank you so much for continuing our conversation. Thank you, and God bless. <laughs>